Welcome did you go to, to the Chipotle? Push Shop podcast. I did earlier. I, like I still have some uh, some leftover chips and guac. As long as you don't get E. coli, it's pretty nice. The best guacamole of any of like the forget Moe's, forget Kidoba, forget this music playing right now. Because it's time for I don't know where it's coming from now. Uh oh. Probably from your browser. I'm hearing it twice. It's probably but, from your um, browser. Anyway, yeah, it's open twice. Sorry. Push to Shout Podcast, episode 70, technical masterpiece, refined production values, as always. Chipotle Skippy. doesn't have queso. Okay, well, that's, that's true. That's true, but all their ingredients are generally fresher. They have the barbacoa fresh. instead of that bullshit shredded beef that Kidoba uh, has. It's just, it can't even touch it. And the cheese itself is not like that fucking Parmesan Kidoba uses. But I will grant that the, the the queso that you can't argue with. Yeah, Skippy, what have you been up to? Uh, CS:GO and wrestling. Okay, wrestling <laughs> is a big deal in your life. I'm assuming right now because it was just wrestle. What is it? WrestleMania. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> WrestleMania. That's what it's called. Uh, <laughs> they unlock different paths and stuff, and yeah, mm. it's it's pretty crazy. Uh, no, it's uh, it was WrestleMania weekend. WrestleMania sucks. Uh, wrestling sucks, but WrestleMania was especially bad. Um, and uh, but the NXT show on Friday night was good. If you want a good introductory wrestling pay per view to go into, look up NXT Takeover Dallas. It's a nice little, I think it's two hours long, smaller crowd, but still a pretty large crowd. Um, and uh, really, really cool shit happened there. Um, it was the debut of this Japanese wrestler, and the crowd was super into it. And it's it's just fun when the crowd's like crazy. Um, that's like seventy five percent of the enjoyment yeah, yeah. of wrestling. Uh, and so, yeah, that's all I have to say about wrestling. Uh, I, I actually was going to be done with it after WrestleMania, but then Raw was okay. And uh, just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. Raw is that? What's the difference? I, actually, I don't care. Never no, mind. you don't care. Okay. Monday Night Raw is the TV show, and then there's pay per views like every month. Um, okay. Um, so. There was also a CSGO tournament. I talked okay. a little bit about that last week. With was that North American team, Team Liquid, uh, having a very good match to beat Fnatic, which was the best team in the world, and uh, and move on into the tournament itself. And they actually made it to the semifinals. Or, yes, the semifinals. Uh, and then lost. Uh, they actually choked really bad. They were like 15-5, like two rounds in a row, and lost both. It was really, really bad. Um but uh, it was very enjoyable. I, I do enjoy that stuff. Uh, it's pretty dorky, but also fun. Uh, While we're in esports land, Pound Six was this last week um, for Melee, and Hungry Box won, which you never like to see. Is he the fanatic of the? Uh, of no, the... he's not. He's he's the boring Jigglypuff player. Yeah. Who, is a, a big tryhard. He stays way tool. out on the sides. and He and, stays woke on yeah. the ledge constantly. Uh, I it's mean, not that bad. You say tryhard, but if you're in like really big tournaments. No, I get it. I, I get it. But the, <laughs> the thing is, some, some of those top players still have an attitude that's more yeah. like a normal person. Mango's more that way. Um, even Armada, he seems to have a, a healthier attitude about the game. Hungry Box will like fucking cry... And like, just be way too dramatic when he. You wins. need to have someone like that. He's the heel. I guess. Okay. He's, <laughs> yeah, he's a fool. He's uh, a heel, um, a dork, if you will. But it's just never. It's never good for me to see him beat Mango because Mango is so much more exciting to watch. That's how I want to see the game played. So it's just you know, I don't, I don't like it. Sure. But you know, he won. Good job. Uh, Mitomo. I, I made a Mitomo. <laughs> yeah, and... we were we were still uh, the night of our last podcast. We were still talking to each other, and I was hearing you playing that game, and you were talking me through it. And uh, especially without context or being able to see anything, although I don't know if that would actually help. That sounds insane. <laughs> well, it's not insane. It, it um, seems kind of insane. It's far from it, but uh, it's. I don't know. So there's an app, not an app. Now I'm fucking calling video games apps. There's uh-huh. a game for the 3DS 
called Tomodachi Life. I mean, is it, it was kind of like a Sims thing. Yeah, that's a video game. Can you win it? <laughs> you have to be able What's to win game? a video game. What's art? But yeah, uh, Tomodachi Life is like Mitomo Light in the creation of the Me Wise thing. And um, but there's more to do. So anyway, I made this nightmare Mitomo that I'll let you hear what he sounds like. Yes. Let me let me crank it. Here we go. Wait, I gotta get the flow of the day. Here we go. Yeah. That's how I sound inside me. Uh, I don't know where I'm going with this. Where but do you go stupid. with that game? It's a stupid what do you game. Do? It's not a game. This isn't a game. This is more like a social app that's just silly and meant to be silly. It asks you questions. You can answer questions. It asked me, what do I do to relieve stress? So I said, play my special flute. Yeah, it's very clever. It was clever because I was referring to masturbation. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you caught that. But... Uh, yeah, you can dress your me up, just like those old Newgrounds games, and um, you can network with all your buds on Twitter. Uh, Spam people's Twitter. It's list. just goofy. It's goofy. And if you make a me, then I can get it on my phone and see what its answers are and listen to it talk in its nightmare voice. Yeah. It's kind of cool. I think that um, this is probably the best implementation of me's. If you want to call this best, the best anything, yeah, because they were just the kind of. Worst. I mean, really, they were just avatars for Wii Sports. Yep. Really, um, and the whole vision for it that they talked about in the videos describing what the Wii is going to be like, um, they made it sound like it was meant to to be a, a digital you, but nobody, of course, ever used it that way because there's no reason or platform to ever do that. But they still tried. There was like an Everybody Votes app, which was like a, a uh, I don't know, primordial this, it's very where you can answer basic questions. Well, now you can go, you can be creative. You can type in your own answers. And all the answers, of course, are cock and balls related. But, you know, what do you expect? The release trailer was cool. pretty good. Uh, yeah, yeah, with the hot dog teens who taught you how to be a cool teen on the teens. web. Yeah. yeah, you got the hot dog teen, the zebra teen, lots of cool teens. The other thing that was pretty good was uh, people on Twitter posting. Uh, you can put your me in photos. Yeah, and they would find very serious historical photos from like Vietnam and whatnot, and put me's in them, which was yeah. pretty good. So, what's the name of the photo with the gun to the head? I don't know what the name of name. it is, but yeah, the guy about to get shot. Yep. And they replace and, uh, it with a little me with a Mario a hat on. Mario man. And he's making the same facial expression. It's it's dark. But, I but got a puffy, that's the world a big puffy now. bird head right now. Right. But I'm I'm probably gonna change it up. I'll maybe maybe roll Dino. We'll see. All right, um, that's exciting. Yeah, me Tomo. It's interesting. Just check it out. Oh, oh! one thing I wanted to mention is that uh, this seems like the right way for Nintendo to start doing smartphone apps. Pokemon Go is going to be coming out. Mm. But um, the production value of the app is, is pretty good. It's slick. It works. It doesn't feel like the first smartphone app by Nintendo. It feels like they knew what they were doing. So the, Nintendo, who knew what they were the doing. Nintendo NX is going to be a, an app store. Your phone. Don't say that. <laughs> Don't say that. <laughs> it could be. Okay. So Mitomo. That's Mitomo. Um, I started Uncharted 2 because Uncharted 4 is coming out and I want to play it. And okay. uh, my friend lent me the uh, HD collection, the Nathan Drake collection, they call it. And uh, I played Uncharted 1 a while ago. It was kind of cool but I don't remember much about it. It was years and years ago. But I heard Uncharted 2 is the best one, Mm -hmm. so I'm playing that, and it's pretty cool. I think, though, that a lot of the appeal with that series is that it's the cutting-edge AAA production value at the time. Like, there's nothing better-looking on a console when those games come out. Uh, And that's not true now. 
even playing the HD update, um, it just isn't as impressive as it would have been when I if I played it when it came out. Right. So it's still fun, and I'm sure the story gets interesting. They're basically like Indiana Jones games, and they've got a sense of fun and um, you know wisecracking hero, and doesn't take it till too seriously. So all that's still there. I'm not trying to knock the game or anything, but I think a good chunk of what makes those games appealing is how impressive they are when they yeah. come out. Um, but that said, I did see um, a trailer. It's like a Madagascar trailer for Uncharted 4, um, where they're like driving this truck around these muddy, I don't know even what you would call the environment. Like It's not a, a savanna, but it's like these hilly, rocky formations, and uh, it's really, really cool. Like One of the best-looking things I've ever seen. And obviously on a technical level, it's not going to be as good as, say, like a Crisis 3 or a Witcher 3 on PC, but I still think it looks better. Because you really can't understate how much a good developer just polishing everything to a yeah. mere shine and perfectly pushing out everything that that console's hardware can do. Naughty Dog is maybe the best at doing that. Um, so yeah, and, really and, and it's more thing. about like it's it's not just about the technology, the graphical power, and how it would look in a screenshot. It's it's the way he moves as a character, yes, the animations, yes. and, and the animations course, were they blew me away. Yeah, and of course the trailer. design of the world being fantastical and enjoyable in a way beyond just looking good technically. For sure, for uh, sure. So, yeah, I, the the stuff that they're showing from Uncharted Four, like the E three uh, gameplay segment, was super nice. Uh, it looks looks really slick. Yeah, I'm excited for that game. Yeah, I, I and I, I've always, I, I'll probably eventually play those because my brother in law's a big fan. He's got them all, and maybe I'll steal his stuff. But um, they, uh, they kind of appeal to me because like I really liked the Call of Duty, all the Call of Duty. I, I liked Call of Duty one, two, Modern Warfare one and two single players a lot. And everyone, a lot of those people, a lot of people buy those games and never even play the single players. But I think they're great. They're just a little action adventure action movies in a video game form and they're fun. Uh, and I love Modern Warfare 2's story. Yeah. That was so cool. It's, it's, it's a lot of fun. Uh, so uh, Underrated. But but if you were to go back for the first time and play those, it would be so... Everyone else has copied the formula so many times that it would be so underwhelming. I'd actually be really interested in like seeing what someone's opinions would be going back and playing Call of Duty 4's single player the first that time. That would be kind of neat. A retrospective, God, I would like Matthew Matosis to make an in-depth yeah, critique game, of Call of Duty. Yeah, because was the cutting edge. I mean, it was like, they, they were doing so many things that nobody else had done. The whole idea of knifing someone, like, with, just by pressing a button, is, is was totally crazy and awesome. And putting on the night vision and having the laser beams, aiming down the sights with the red dot sight, that was like the first major game that I know of that, that did that. And it was... Totally, the, watching the gameplay for the first time when they first released the gameplay of like they, they fight across a bridge or something like that. It's at night and they clear out a building with night vision yeah. and stuff. That was fucking crazy. Like people the next day at school, I remember people like, "You have to watch this. If you haven't seen it, you need to watch it. This is going to be the craziest game ever." Um, so it it earned its position uh, and, and then never changed. <laughs> um, I remember playing that game on PC. Um, about when it came out, and I was just blown away by how good it felt to play. God, yeah. Um, it just was really nice. It was so smooth, and um, I didn't have like a super great PC then, but it ran like 60 frames per second perfectly. It looked amazing, um, and at that time, I cared a lot about that. Yeah. Uh, but it wasn't just that. Like All the weapons were just tight and quick, it's not like a, a clunky, realistic military game. It's a it's an arcade abstraction of shooting in modern combat, and it's Ma- cool. Mastu so cool. Dinton in chat says, uh, knifing was just moved to an analog click and made its own weapon, as opposed to Halo having melee on B where you hit them with your gun. Yeah, but in Halo, in Halo, you press B and you do the melee, and it hits a little range around you. And Call of Duty, when you would press it, you, you rush towards yeah. the enemy and knife it in the fucking chest, and that that was what made it so cool. Because when you it's see that for the first time, and no other game yeah. has done that, it's like fuck, holy shit! Uh, it, it, it's different. And and if you haven't, if you didn't experience it at the time, I don't think you would understand. I'm not. Maybe you did, and maybe you weren't impressed. I don't know. But to me, it was fucking crazy. Yeah, 
that's Fishu Hedzu just pointed out something that's easy to forget now. That that was during the glut yeah. of World War II shooters, yep. including Call of Duty. Uh, yeah, and so yeah. yeah, Call of Duty was copying the format of like Medal of Honor and all that shit. And then they'd said, "Let's make a modern game." And the only other modern games that had been made at that point were like simulator style, like super serious kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. And then and then they or uh, America's Army. yeah, exactly propaganda. And yeah, and uh, and so then, but it, yeah, it's easy to forget the time when a modern military shooter was a breath of air. But it was. It was at the time. Yeah, it was It was crazy. Um, very cool. The funny thing is that because that was so fresh for the time, um, I think the, the Treyarch one that followed it, mm-hmm. World at War, I think that one is kind of underrated. I think it got I, a bad I love the story in that game. Uh, I don't think it was a great game. But probably was, better than people get. It was from. cool. Yeah, because it was just a World War II game. And at that point, long before that point, people were saying, well, okay, we're so done with this World War II shit. And then it comes out after they'd already moved to the modern era, and so it seemed uh-huh. really weird. Yeah. I never liked the Treyarch games as much. Those have turned into the main, like, the best games. I don't know. The best as Black as Ops as 1 was great. I The single player sucked ass. I, I liked think... what they tried, but it sucked. I disagree. Yes, I, I think it was cool. Guys, you heard it from me. Badass <laughs> that's, that's our It's argument. a cool game. Um, I, but I, I mean, the twist is dumb, but it's just like I, a, I a stupid spy movie. The story was great, and I liked, I liked what they did with the story, but as far as the action sequences, and the, I think the biggest missing piece was the music. The music. What? I I think that's that was... the one that used. It's one of the best like musical moments in the series. Okay, yeah, is when you're the on the music, the Vietnamese the river. But... Yes. Yeah, that was great. That's that was easy, awesome, though. and that's easy though. It doesn't matter if it's easy. I, they did it. I, it was a good moment, but the rest of the it game was. didn't have anything because that was like that was where their music budget went, I guess, because all their other shit was a lot of it was music void. Like it wasn't even like I remember specifically the first level. You get in a plane and the plane's taking off and you're shooting shit. And and I remember thinking, like, okay, this is a classic Call of Duty sequence. And as far as there was either no music playing or, like, it was so boring that it wasn't noticeable. And previous to that, Call of Duty 4 had a fantastic soundtrack. So did Modern Warfare 2. And, uh, and it didn't have that at all. And that, that, I think that took away a lot of it for me. And I just, I just didn't enjoy it very much. So there you go. But I liked, I, I liked, liked it. the story. I love that. I liked the super corny moments, Man, like, like when you're meeting talking JFK. To the yeah, that that was yeah. fucking. Yeah. I love that. I love that they tried that, and I love that some of it like totally worked in a really cheesy way. Uh, it was just the game itself with the music and the set pieces and stuff that, that underwhelmed me. Um, yeah, I can see that. All right, <laughs> but I disagree. <laughs> um, uh, all right. Uh, Let's see what else. What else is there to talk about that we did this? I, I did. I did go karts. Uh, I've talked about this before. There's a little place in Birmingham that does electric carts, and it was a lot of fun. Uh, and I don't have anything else to say about that. It's like video games, but real, and it makes you really sore because they're fast enough and they're like grippy enough that you're fighting the G forces constantly, and it's actually really taxing, and and it's kind of hard to turn the wheel too, and so. It's a lot harder than driving a real race car, uh, and really? yeah, much harder, much harder. Okay, especially like I, I probably put in. I wouldn't. I wouldn't have guessed no, that. No, it, it's it's. I probably put in thirty total minutes of of cart driving, and the next day it was like sore, like all over my back. All the muscles in my back were sore. My arms were sore, and I'm out of shape. But like, I've driven endurance races in cars at pretty taxing tracks, and your arms will get a little sore, but. It's not nearly as the G forces aren't as bad as on a car because the car's so light and so close to the ground that like you're doing incredible turns that that uh, are really taxing. So it, it's it is much harder. It's a good decent workout. Um, I'm sorry for this complete tangent, but um, I was just looking on this Chipotle cup, and uh, I don't know if you guys can see this, but on the wristwatch right here, there's a little glare. It says reproductive sex, mm, as opposed to the other kind of sex. I don't, I don't know what the point is. It's art. They've been doing like this avant-garde art shit on their for bags and their cups for yeah. I think since they started, I think it's getting a little out of hand. <laughs> it's quirky. I don't know. It's for millennials. Okay, yeah, it's pretty fleek. It's pretty yeah, fleek. Yeah, it's on fleek, fam. Uh, nay, nay, guys. 
I saw Daredevil season two. I finally finished oh, yeah. it. Okay. And uh, I want to talk about it for just a little bit. Um, well, I wasn't like compelled like I was with the last season to just watch it all the way through all in a couple sittings. Yeah. Like it just kind of bored me toward the middle. Um, I think overall it's also sloppier than the first season, but I think the highs are higher. Um, both seasons have like one standout action scene that is among the greatest action scenes ever committed to film the best Damn. choreographed and the best shot. Right. Absolutely. It's worth just watching the fight scene um, in the stairwell. It's incredible. Okay. It's honestly like great. It's amazing. But the trouble with the first season was that they couldn't sustain that, that level of fight choreography and, and fight cinematography. Uh, I think it's more consistent this time that they managed to keep the action consistently interesting to watch which is very important for a show like that because it's not the weepy character drama that a lot of these uh, shows, like the the Arrow, which oh my god, I want to talk about that for just a second. Is that like a dramatic I didn't watch thing? Most I thought of it. that was like pretty lighthearted. Well, I don't know though. No, <laughs> uh, but like there's a a scene other than the stairwell scene, like in um in like a laundromat. And he's like standing there and silhouetted and there's all these like clothes flying by and it's just there they come up with interesting ways to frame the action. And that's important. That's really, really important for a show like that. So very good. Um the Punisher is a great character. One of the you know the more interesting Marvel things I've ever Does seen. Does he have a superhero superpower? No, so. he's just he is just uh, he's an angry man. He's like about as good a fighter as a human being can be. Yeah, he could probably beat anybody what's, except what's maybe Daredevil's Daredevil. power. Daredevil is he's blind and that like heightened all his other senses, uh. so he can like hear perfectly and hear heartbeats through walls. And um, anyway, that's how blindness works. It, it's not like a great great show. It's not a show that you have to go watch. The only thing you have to watch are like those two action scenes one on each season but yeah overall my verdict for the folks if you want to hear my verdict it's that it's sloppier but the highs are higher the punisher is incredible put it on the box um cool stuff yeah back of the box it's cool mike uh haps okay on to haps so in case you guys didn't hear the world's coming to an end Oh. It's over. Pack it up. You know, we had a good run, but I think it's time that we admit our fate. So, uh, the clickbait mill has picked up on this uh, astronomy story. And this is the story. That there was a gravitational pull on a satellite. This is how desperate we are, perhaps. <laughs> that suggests... Well, I just found this out, like... <laughs> Right before we went live, and I just had to mention it because this was like a clickbait writer's wet dream. Okay. There's a small gravitational pull on a satellite that suggests some large body somewhere, and uh, the theory that someone came up with is that there's a ninth planet-sized thing that's orbiting the sun, and that uh, it's now going to either collide with Earth or come so close to Earth that um, asteroids will just hail the planet into <clears throat> obliteration. Um, and, like, the clickbait headlines that pop up are things like, Ninth Planet could destroy the Earth as soon as this month! <laughs> and that is everywhere. And, of course, it's always like, could, might... Um, and it got me a little worried because, you know, planetary destruction is not something you see often on your you news feed. You shouldn't, probably. Well, if then there's what are you anything... going to do about it? So maybe you just ignore it, really. I don't know. Maybe we can blow on it. But Everyone blows it once. If there's, any, if there's any headline that you should, like, you know, check into, it's probably that the Earth's going to be destroyed. I, I guess. So uh, I did some reading, and it's, of course, all bullshit. 
Um, there's an astronomer by the name of Mike Brown who goes by at Pluto Killer on um, on Twitter. He killed Pluto. It was him because he was uh, apparently one of the scientists instrumental in reclassifying Pluto. Right. Uh, yeah, and he says it is not going to cause the Earth's destruction. Um, if you read that, it will. Then you've discovered an idiot. So whatever. What a shame. The world's not ending, guys. Mike Brown saved us. Not that Mike Brown. Other Mike Brown. Saved us Saved us by delivering us uh, more time to deal with this horrible existence on yes. planet Earth. We should all thank him for um, granting us a few more years. More of video games. Yeah. Okay. So the world's ending. That's, in more more okay, important news. That happened. And in more cataclysmic news. Yeah. Okay. Gilvasunner. No, not Gilvasunner. Give us a capital second, second capital I. It's kind of hard to describe this now because it's you, you want to say, you want to say, yeah, it's hard to describe in the first place, but you want to just say, go watch his videos, but you can't because YouTube took his channel down. Uh, give Sunner is a play on Gilva Sunner, the classic YouTube man who's been uploading high quality rips of video game music only for years and years only rips. high quality rips um if you've ever like looked for a song from a video game especially like a nintendo game it's probably been a gilva sunner video um and yeah he's just been doing that for years and i don't know how the hell he uh, finds the time and and avoids the copyright claims and shit. I don't. Yeah, I, don't I think it's probably it. just that they monetize it. Yes. But um. So yeah, that's been going on for years. Then Give a Sunner, the hero of the, our story, he completely replicates every detail of Gilva Sunner's channel, down to the avatar, the name. It's um instead of Gilva, it's Giva with a capital I, so it looks exactly like an L in the sans serif font that YouTube uses. So, and the channel description is exactly the same. Um, just a perfect replica. And he, God, what do you say? He uploads high quality video game rips that usually turn into the Flintstones theme after about 20 seconds of the time. Or so. yeah, about 50% yeah. of them, of, 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 of what's got to be a few hundred videos, maybe? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not yeah. that many. It's a, it... Okay, so here's the truth. The cold, hard, skinny. The inside uh, scoop. It's a collab project. I've got a, I've got a man on the inside who feeds me the scoop. Uh, it's a collab project, and they are just constantly uploading videos to, to the tune of several per day. Um, and they're all great. They're just these dumb little mash. Like one of my favorites was released the day before, or no, the day that the channel got taken down. It was the love theme from Metal Gear Solid Four. Oh, I didn't you know. It's I, a, that, I, like, I that really sad slow one. song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know exactly. And um, what it it's got Angry Joe complaining about YouTube copyright IDs over it. And like timed perfectly, it's great. It's it's so emotional. Very yeah. sad, Joe. If they don't, if they don't end rip. in, so usually they'll they'll devolve into the Flintstones theme using the same instruments and often the same key as. Yeah, the they use song. the authentic sound fonts of the games whenever yeah. they can. Uh, and if it doesn't do that, then it does something else uh, equally humorous. Um, there's a CS:GO one where it's the menu yes. title screen from CS:GO. But every time the the music hits, where it goes doom, 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 it's a Steam notification. Yep, uh, which is pretty good. Uh, it's pretty outstanding. I, I, we we shouldn't even spoil them because surely well, they'll be uploaded the on an alt like, account. They can't, or, they'll watch it on there. They'll be uploaded somewhere. It will. Um, it will. But you know, it's just sad. They also have a Bandcamp that's still up. You can you can listen to the songs, but it's just not the same when it's not with the misleading, you know, them. the reason it got taken down, by the way, is for being misleading, wow. which of course, yes, <laughs> but point. that's the joke. Um, um, I, I also think it's funny 
that this gets taken down when it's actually fair use because that's for parody. Meanwhile, Gilva Sunner just uploads a shit ton of music he doesn't own, and that's fine. Like, it's just sad. And, and he also tweeted that he was like, "Oh, that's I'm, uh, it's a shame that the that that yeah, account yeah. got closed down because I was." I'm trying not trying to, to like not uh, Gilva Sunner or anything. It's just uh, ironic, yeah. Yeah, uh, but uh, th- here's a tweet from Giva Sunner himself, uh, vowing vowing to uh, fight this. He says, "I'm going to get this account back, even if it kills me." I only upload high quality video game reps. Yeah. Um, which the implication seems to be that's literally all he does. <laughs> and that if he can't get his account back, then it will kill him because that's well, all he does. Thankfully, they're not as stubborn as uh, Sam Hyde, our favorite person. Oh my God. Uh, is, and they will make a second channel if they don't restore this one. That yeah. might actually be good just to have an, a fresh one with. Um, I mean, whatever. Not subscribers. I don't know. It, it would be the same. It would be the same effect, really. I mean, you, they could matter. also. There's another channel that's bigger than Gilva Center's called Brawl B R T S M S three, that also uploads a shit ton of like extended video game music, and uh, that would be another another uh, prospect. Yeah, a target. Uh, Targeted harassment. But yeah, it was it was a lot of fun going through those videos and. And, and listening, waiting for the surprise. Like sometimes, sometimes you have to wait like a minute and a half, and then finally, oop! It's it's the Flintstones thing. <laughs> one of my personal faves. I have so many personal faves, of course. But uh, one of my more recent personal faves is the uh, the Elegia. You know the song from the Metal Gear Solid Five yeah, trailer, yeah. the E3 2015 trailer. It's um, it just blue balls you the whole time. So it's and it just for 15 minutes, it's just that, and then right at the very end, it's now 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 it's it's perfect. It's it's a good channel. It was a good channel. I hope they get it back. I hope so. It's clearly under fair use, but. YouTube is YouTube. You, you could argue. I mean, it's not a fair use case. It's a terms of service case, but whatever. Um, That's true. That's true. It wasn't copyright, yeah. but... Uh, yeah. Uh, huh. So, we'll see. Uh, think, well, it deserves to be a back. What else we got? Is there any Dark Souls 3 news? No, I'm just heating up, Skippy. I'm fucking heating Skippy, up. I'm, heating I'm still up. fucking pissed that we can't play it, and that it's been out for like three weeks. Uh, it's driving it's me insane. It's been out. It has been out. It's been out <laughs> yeah, in Japan. Basically. There's people in the United States playing it in English. Any half-baked YouTuber I, I probably get could it. get a copy if I had tried. I, it, it's insane. I hate it. I want to I want to scream about it. Uh, I've had to I've had to skip forward in three podcasts now to avoid spoilers. I haven't uh, had much time to listen to podcasts, so I haven't had to do that. Yeah, but, it's um, annoying. Yeah, I've managed to avoid basically everything still. Um, except for like the very first gameplay footage they released like a year ago. I don't even think I saw that. Um, yeah, all all I saw was that it looked kind of cool, and that was all <laughs> I needed to see. Yeah, um, there's a couple things I know about it, but I don't think they're major. So I'm excited. Already, I've had Veselikov because Veselikov comes on our mumble a lot, um, and he he knows stuff. He is. Less concerned with spoilers mm. than I am. Veselikov, like, known, for his, uh, known for his 80s Dark Souls trailer, cartoon trailer. Yeah. It's pretty good. You should check it out. Apparently, they put a, a reference to that video in the really? game. Really? Yeah. Nice. Um, but he's trying to get an advanced copy, and they probably will give it to him. <sighs> it's just, you know. Can't you just release the game when it comes out? I, it, it's It's crazy. I know it's it's being marketed now just like any other video game. Which yeah, but the crazy part is that it's out in Japan. Like, what yeah. reason is there for it to not be out in the U.S.? Like, this is not the '90s. Well, uh, it localization takes time. Yeah, but I, they have it. They have it localized. They you can you can get it in English. There's reviewers yeah. playing it. <laughs> there's true. reviewers who have completed the game. Yeah. yeah, yeah so yeah. what? Well, there's literally nothing that they're doing. I, there can't be. But they well, say there's a day one patch. But you're right that there's nothing they're doing to the game developmentally. But uh, there is something they're doing with <gasps> building. Oh. Uh, yeah. 
they know that Americans are going to look at the Japanese gameplay footage and get excited, and they're going to uh-huh. that they know that's going to happen. That's how they've been playing the marketing. It, it, yeah, there's nothing like like yeah, marketing wise, there's no reason for them not to do this, I guess. But it, it's still, ugh. Ugh. Speaking though of localization, I've been reading um, Legends of Localization. It's fascinating. Uh, if you haven't heard of Legends of Localization, it's made by um, Tomato, um, who is the guy who led the translation project of Mother 3. Um, but he doesn't just write about Earthbound and Mother 3. He writes about localization in general from Japanese. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes they're like short articles. Like, you know the part in, um, in Metal Gear Solid 2 where the colonel says... Like, you have to believe me, and then lie is capitalized. Yeah. It was just a a short little article where he goes into the original game and checks if it's the same. And no, that emphasis on lie is only in the English localization. Um, So sometimes it's little subtle things. He has a complete series on the original Legend of Zelda where he, like, dialogue piece by dialogue piece, he all the text in the game... He explains what's different. Um, mm-hmm. The most interesting, though, obviously, is his, is his Earthbound and Mother 3 series, where he, every part of the game, meticulously explains every difference that makes a difference, if that makes sense. Like, anything that's substantially different, he'll make a note of, or things that he gets asked about a lot. Yeah. It's really, really interesting. That is uh, a very interesting topic. And it it's is. Something, it's something that you, like, it's not just for, like, transferring something over that's as big of a shock as east to west like you have to do it a lot of times between britain and the u.s and australia and stuff where like there's some some especially like with movies and stuff people will go out of their way to edit little jokes and stuff that might not make sense to yeah. another audience yeah and uh it's like uh back to the future had a uh, an example in it the uh back to the future 2 he orders a don't ask me why i suddenly know this uh he orders a Pepsi free? Uh, Pepsi, Pepsi Zero, or Pepsi Free, that was it, because they didn't have Pepsi Zero. Um, Pepsi Free, and the guy's like, maybe it was Back to the Future I think it's Back to the Future, I, future One. He asked for like, Pepsi Free, and then he asked for a tab. Yeah, and the, and the guy's like, well, you can leave a tab, but you gotta order and, and And then he asked for something with no sugar, and he gives, gives him coffee. And then I think, like, in the Italian version, it was Fanta or something, and he says, we only deal with reality here, no fantasy or something like that. There's weird little puns yeah. and stuff that they had to work in through different uh, different languages in different countries uh, because they either they didn't know what Pepsi free and stuff was or they didn't speak the language. And so the puns didn't work. And, He's, and it, he writes a lot about jokes, localizing yeah. jokes, um, especially because he translated mother three, which has so many jokes. Um, and he wrote the legend of localization series on earthbound, which also has so many jokes. And uh, it's just really interesting. One example that's not from the Mother series that is kind of I can explain quickly is uh, Dot Hack. It's a game that had a notoriously bad English localization. And there's this scene where a comedian is going on stage and saying stuff, and the audience leaves, like they trickle out during it. And in English, nobody had any idea like what was going on because they just went on stage and says, "Why is the grass green?" And then some people walk out, and then, "Why is the castle good?" Just these weird—they don't make any sense. Um, but in the Japanese, they were like puns based on the pronunciation of certain words, like the green grass in the Japanese actually uses the same syllables and it sounds like the same word. And the the point was that they were really obvious shitty puns and they, they were groaners and the audience was leaving because of that. Yeah. But that was completely lost in translation. And then he described like how he would have done it because he does apparently professionally a lot of translation work too. And obviously like his passion project, Mother 3, required a lot of this stuff um, of re- replacing the puns with puns that are like similar in spirit in English, like um, why why was the window annoying? Because it was a pain. That that yeah. that would have been something that would have fit there, and that's one he suggested. Not the same phrasing, but it was just really interesting. And he has a complete series on the original Legend of Zelda too. If you're not interested in the Mother series, 
and then that one is available in physical book form. He published a physical book that nice. just every possible moment of the original Zelda is translated. You know that famous I am error guy yeah. in Zelda 2? He goes into that and why it's that way. And it, it's in Japanese too. The guy says, my name is error. It's not just uh, an English thing that got botched by uh, right. by localizers. It's cool. It's a really cool website. There, there's, I know there's some interviews with uh, the voice actors for some of the Fully Cooly. Uh, oh, really? Yeah. Uh, English English voices. Uh, and, and they kind of talk about some of the... Because that, that show is full of puns and pop culture references that just will not make sense to an American audience. And uh, and so they obviously had to change a ton, and and some yeah. in some cases just completely rewrite in the subtitles. Scenes. In the subtitles I read, yeah, they often had like an asterisk and then described yeah. the joke in the Japanese or not the joke, but the wordplay. Yeah, that series is short enough that you can watch you know the subtitle version and the dub version close to each other with no problem. Yeah. And I've done that, and and it's astounding the differences uh and sometimes the subtitles they'll try to to make stuff make sense on their own but it's a completely different way of doing it than the than the dubs and it's it's that stuff is fascinating to me i mean i've i've always been like a language i've always been interested in language stuff i've taken like a history of english course and all that stuff so that's right up my alley i'll definitely check it's that out it's really fascinating and the more i've read of what this guy writes about and how much he knows and cares about this stuff I start to think that an official localization of Mother 3 wouldn't be as good. Like, I think mm. this guy was the perfect guy to do it. He is... Yeah, like, he has some he's, personality, he's too. Like, yeah. <laughs> crazy stuff. So, yeah, localization is cool. Cool. Um, other haps. VR is still a big disappointment to the people who have... Uh, so, I, I, I've been seeing so much negative shit about this. I... From seeing the the stuff from Vive, and it came out two days ago, uh, I've been way more impressed with the Vive oh, yeah, yeah. than the Oculus. I obviously. heard that the, I mean, the lab, the Valve thing, is it's really impressive. Awesome. Yeah. If you haven't seen the lab, you need to go look up a video of the lab and just them going around doing the stuff in the lab because that's probably the most impressive stuff. Just just because it's it's got the Valve touch of like they still have Vive still has this issue where the large majority of the games coming out are just built as like a showcase of here's an example of how a game could be in this thing. And they don't write anything for it or they don't voice act anything or there's no music in some case, like just, just incomplete games uh, that are good enough because they're a showcase. And, uh, and that's super disappointing, but valve valve goes all in and they, they, they add that polish that you really need. And it's, it's fucking awesome. They, there's one where you're launching personality cores, or what's basically personality cores, and it's like an Angry Birds kind of uh, little game. And and they've you know written different, written and voice acted different little things for each core, and they're all very funny. And uh, it, I just that adds so much to the game because you see it as being a complete experience rather than just an example of a potential experience. And they even they've even added what looks like a, a very fun little arcade game. Where you control a ship with one hand, and you're in like you're in like a sphere that, if you were to visualize it in real life, would probably just kind of be the size of like your desk area around your head. And you hold the ship with the controller in one hand, and then you move around uh, your view, and you have to dodge. It's a bullet hell game, and you're shooting things and dodging bullets uh, in a 3D space, and it. Watching it 2D doesn't make any sense because the bullets will come flying in these huge volumes and you you can't tell, you don't have the depth perception in 2D to tell where they're coming from, but the person doing it in 3D has no problem. Uh, That's really cool. It's a really cool example of something that you kind of need VR to do. Uh, And uh, and the, God, the the motion control sensors add a huge level of the, there's, so I've seen a lot of games played on it and I would say you need to check out uh, the Valve the lab, lab thing, and that's that's mostly a series of technology showcases of like here we three D printed a large outdoor space that you can kind of move around in, which is crazy, like on top of a mountain, and you can look down and and it, that's weird and, and cool, but you can't actually do anything there. 
you can throw a stick and a little dog robot dog will go get it but it's like there's no game there uh so you just kind of do it and go that's neat and that's what half of them are um but this seems like well done the kind of thing i don't know if half-life 3 is ever gonna get made now because the guy's gone but um it seems like the kind of technological leap that they wanted to target right because obviously that scene in Half-Life 2, and just the gravity gun in general, but that scene where you're throwing the ball to dog and he goes and gets mm-hmm. it, like, you know, it's clear where the inspiration came from there. Yeah. I don't know. Valve seems like that, like your kid who has so much potential and they just waste their life. Uh, <laughs> just. Yeah. God. They, I hope they're they working can just, more. They are stuff. so talented. They can yeah. just shit out a tech demo and it's amazing. They have the best creative minds in the video game industry, in my opinion, and and I I don't think that's hyperbole. I I, I I agree. They don't, especially recently, they're not making the best creative products, no. but like they clearly have the most consistently talented people. And even the boring products they make, like a MOBA, uh, they add so much personality in there that still it's still something that they can own and that and that is impressive. Um, but yeah, it's that's cool. Um, but if you want to see video games, like here's what a video game is in VR. There's uh, there's a heist game called uh, shit. What is it called? Maybe someone in chat will say it. I can't remember the name of it. Uh, and there's a uh, oh, I'm drawing fucking blanks here. It's my moment, and I'm drawing blanks. Um, Your moment. The uh, fuck. What was it? Heist game. Yeah, the heist game is really cool, and it's it's a very simple kind of game, but it's it's done very well with the. Uh, Did you just write "pushu t-shirts" in the chat? This guy, he wrote "push to shot" in Japanese. Oh, characters. neat! Interesting. That's probably that's probably wrong, but neat. Um, oh god! So there's that. There's the heist game where you're kind of like. So there's this concept with these, this VR stuff, with the room space stuff, where you've got a limited amount of room to walk around, but you need to travel in the world. Uh, and the, the solution that they've come up with that is pretty much universally accepted is you, you point where you want to teleport, and you teleport your little room to that area, which sounds worse than it seems to actually be. Like, it seems like people have no problem with it. It's a little weird to see it for, at first, but you can see how you could get used to it. Yeah. Um, I still don't really understand what's wrong with just having a thumbstick and moving around using the thumbstick, that seems like it should work just fine. And there's a few games that do that that seem just fine. Um, but it, it, that works. And, uh, and oh, yeah, the other one, uh, Job Simulator. Have you Job seen any simulator. of that? I saw a gif of it. Job Simulator is, is fantastic. It's got good writing and a nice presentation and uh, a lot of detail where, like, depending on the size of your room space that you've laid out for VR, it will change the layout of your little job work area. So like if you're working in the kitchen area and you've got a very small room space where you don't really have much room to to move around, it'll combine like the microwave and the oven and the sink into one little thing where you turn a knob and it goes down and comes back up is what you need. Um, but if you have a larger area, then all that stuff will be spread out. So you have to walk around to each one. And, uh, and the concept is that like, it's the future and you're in a museum and you're being shown what it's like having a job in the 21st that's, century. That's a neat idea. It's very clever and very well done. And it's a little robot telling you like, ah, the, you are, you are to make human food. A smoothie is a combination of different ingredients and you can throw anything into the blender and it'll make the little smoothie and, and literally you can throw like objects in there and stuff. And it's just funny little goofy stuff like that. Uh, but it's, it's a very complete experience that totally takes advantage of having two hands and everything. Just like you hold a cup in one hand and you've got your tea in the other, your tea mug uh, kettle and you pour it into the mug and like, I'm amazed at how easily people do that stuff with the controllers, how it seems really intuitive and responsive in a way that I, I wouldn't really expect. Uh, it's a little bit jerky and stuff, but it's, it's impressive to me. And, and I think where, where it sells me is if you watch someone play surgeon simulator, which is notoriously difficult with a keyboard and mouse. Yeah, well, that's, that's the, whole the whole point, point of the game, game is that it's exactly. stupid and yeah. it's just dumb. Um, it's a dumb game. But if you watch someone play that with VR, they can probably just do it competently. Exactly. They do it 
totally perfectly. They're picking up tools, they're passing it in the other hand, and they're whacking on something while picking something else up. And it's just amazing to see that level of interaction with the game because I've never seen that before in any game. The controllers seem like so much more compelling to me than than the VR. Yeah, the controllers are probably the best part. Um, they're they're pretty simple. They've got touchpads on them, like the like the Steam controller does, which doesn't seem great, but there's a few applications for it. I can see it would be interesting. But uh, they've got little buttons on the side, kind of that you can squeeze. And that's like what you use to pick up stuff. And then they've got triggers on the back uh, and buttons on the front. And um, it, it seems like you can just do a whole lot with them. And people haven't quite figured out how to make things not clunky in some cases. Like I've seen inventories where you have to pop it up on one hand and then like it pops up in like a, a menu in the space in front of you and you have to like point to something with the same hand to do it. When other games you can use both hands and so you pop up a menu and you point with the other hand which sounds really simple but when you actually see it applied to something like uh brushworks there's a google program that's basically paint uh but in 3d so you like you like go into a space and you can pull up your little uh paint brushes and stuff and you can like switch between like okay here's color and you choose your color and then you switch to the brush and you choose your brush and then with the other controller you brush in the air and you make a 3D you can like sculpt stuff basically uh, and you can create light sources and then you can look at other people's stuff and watch them drawing it in the 3D space cool. in front of you and walk around it and people have made really impressive shit with it uh, it's that was kind of mind blowing to me because like that's an actual application for it. Yeah. Like a, a really cool artistic expression kind of thing that you can't do in any other medium. Uh, so I wouldn't call it disappointing. I'm, I'm blown away by the technology. The tech. Yeah. I, I, the video games, they, they need work, but yes. they'll get there. And I don't know what people it seems expect. more and more like it's, it's got so many VR as a technology has so many non video game applications yeah. That that's yeah. maybe where the real meat is. Um, uh, I can picture... In the long run, I think so. Yeah, because I know people have talked about it, but the more I think about VR, and especially after that dumb little Samsung VR demo I tried where you're like in a movie theater, yeah, it would be just cool to, to <laughs> hang out in a room with people. So, okay, here's another game that you should check out. Uh, that's really interesting. Uh I can't remember any of the names of these fucking games. Uh, hover, hover, hover junk, hover something. You 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 have a platform that you're on, and you have a choice between a couple of guns, and you can hold them with both hands if you want. One's a shotgun with three barrels. One's a pistol, a revolver, uh, and you can fly around on your little hover platform, and you can duck behind cover. And there's other people on their little hover platforms and they're ducking behind cover and you're shooting at each other around the cover. And to like reload the revolver, you like flick the revolver part out and load your bullets in and flick it back. And it looks really satisfying, like kind of the same for the shotgun. You flick it up to, to load it. And, um, and it's just crazy to see in 3D space another person with their headset and their controllers embodied and they're yeah. hiding behind something and they're looking at you That'd be cool. and like yeah. shooting at you. And in some cases, like when the game ends and you can't hurt each other anymore, like they'll wave at each other and shit. And then it puts the, the weirdest part is they put you in a lobby where it's a tiny little room and you're all kind of occupying the same space in the room, but it's just headsets and hands. And it's fucking terrifying because they're all <laughs> just like looking at each other and you, and you can make little symbols with your hands, like flick people off and stuff. <laughs> and like, the video that I saw, like everyone was doing their own little thing, and there was one guy in the corner, <laughs> and he had his hands up next to his headset, and he was just going, like, like freaking out in the corner, and it was just crazy. Um, I don't know; it blows my mind. I think it's awesome. Uh, it's not necessarily a fun video game experience yet because the games just haven't been like even that game, which is really awesome in concept. There's two weapons and nothing else to it. Like that's it. It's that game. Is that it? And, and then I think it's like 
all the games are ridiculously expensive for what you're getting too. Um, there's only a couple that seem actually worth the money. That heist, that heist one might be one when it's finally completed, but it's just in its alpha or whatever. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just, I think it's super impressive. I wouldn't get one, especially not yet. Uh, maybe, right. maybe when there's actually stuff, the main thing that I want VR for is stuff that has very obvious applications like, flying a simulated helicopter, which I'm really interested in or a spaceship or whatever. Um, But there's, I was just surprised at like the amount of things that open up when you start thinking of the actual controllers and being able to walk around and like, there's a table in your 3d space in the virtual world and you can go under the table and look under it and stuff. And it's just stuff that you don't think about. Uh, It's cool. It's neat. So I yeah. wouldn't call it disappointing. I think people have been way, way, way too negative about it. Like I saw a video where they compiled yeah. a bunch of shitty games together, gameplay footage together, Crab and said Cat VR probably. sucks. And yeah, I think that was his name. And I was like, Crabcat likes to make cynical edits kind of, of things. Shit. Not clickbait, really. That's but what it seemed like to me. Like, look, VR is terrible. Video games suck. Like it's such an easy thing to do, and then it's a compilation of the worst of. Of a, of a VR live stream, and it's like, all right, you didn't show any of the good shit, you just showed the bad shit, and then all the comments are like, look at this gimmicky bullshit, this is like 3D TV, it'll die in a year, it sucks. And it's like, fuck you, man. Like, it, it, it has very obvious applications, it's it's a brand new technology, you can't expect it to actually be good yet. Um, like, as far as like actually having fun, fully made video games, because who's gonna fucking spend a huge budget to make a video game that's gonna sell to 0.1% of the population who can afford to actually set one of these and stuff. You have to like fucking place sensors on the wall that plug into a power outlet, which like I was thinking about like, what if I were to put one in my room, where would I fucking put it? And once you get to putting things on the walls, it's yeah. like, fuck that. No. Um, so it's not even an option, but, right. but as a technology, it's awesome and it'll get better. And it's, I, I think it looks fucking great. Uh, it, it's going to be really cool. I think the vibe is it's from what I've seen seems to be clearly the best. Yeah. And I mean, it would be, it's, it's more expensive. It's more complete than the Oculus. Oculus is selling a different experience. It's selling a sitting down with a controller kind of experience. Although they are going to add the, the sticks and stuff, but like it seems in general, Oculus is your like basic VR experience, which works for what I would be using it for, which is like flying, flying cockpit stuff and that kind of thing. I suppose. This is a little, I don't know, unrelated is the right word, but um, in my game theory class, which is not what you think it is, it's not a YouTube game Oh, no, theory. yeah, it's, it's like philosophical game it's, theory. Well, like math. Yeah. Economic game theory. And uh, one of the concepts is um, first mover advantage and second mover advantage, and mm-hmm. what um, moving first or moving second can give you. And uh, it seems like Oculus is, uh, you know, they were the first movers. Yeah, for sure. definitely. But I, I, I don't want to place like I think Oculus. It took too long to come out to the point where people like Valve and Sony could move into the space and say like, "Look, we're better. Uh, we're cheaper, or we're better." Uh, and. Uh, and if Oculus had kind of made one of those dev kits a little more complete and sold it as a basic VR experience, that they could have been very successful. But they clearly said, well, we want we want to give people the best experience that is what we're looking for, which isn't the room scale or whatever they're calling it. Um, but in the end, they've, they've come out as like the middle ground that, that nobody they really have. wants. They are the mid-range. Um, although- it seems like Sony's VR is probably going to be the worst. Um, yeah, and it'll be like a console thing that maybe just I don't know expands your field of view. It'll be an exclusive thing, and, and I mean, I've, from what I've heard, it's actually better than you would think. Depending, like, considering the price is so much lower than the Oculus, but uh, it's still yeah, it's still gonna be worse. Um, but but yeah, if you want the low end experience, if you just kind of want to experience basic, basic, basic VR, you can get the Google Cardboard or whatever, or like the Samsung one that uses their phone, which sounds shitty as hell to me, but. That's the low-end experience was, that Oculus, I think, should have gone for. When I put it on my head, it was very low resolution, but I was surprised by how well it worked. That's what I hear, is that like people are surprised that, that it actually works as well as it does. But still, yeah, it looked, 
it looked like I was actually in a movie theater. Yeah. It was a very grainy movie theater, <laughs> but it felt like I was there. Like I could see the, the the light from the screen on like the handles of the seats, and it looked like it was all physically accurate to where those things should be, and it was really cool. That's neat. Um, I, I I might try something like that out. I've got a Samsung phone, <laughs> but um. It, the the problem is though that it's ninety nine dollars, and yeah. I wouldn't want to spend, I wouldn't want to spend that much for a imitation VR. Exactly, experience. Oculus. I think Oculus should have gone for the true VR experience, but the budget one of like three hundred dollars is perfect. I would pay three hundred dollars if it if it was good enough to do what I wanted it to do, which is pretty basic. You know, I just I want to look around in cockpits. Um, and, uh, so if they had gone for that, I feel like they could, they could sell VR to a larger demographic, but right now it's like, you either get the premium experience and the that's Oculus the thing though, we just good. don't know. Well, I guess we do know cause they haven't been pricing them below, but we don't, I don't think it's, we know if it's possible to sell that at that price. Uh, Sony's selling theirs apparently at a profit for but $400. We don't know what it's like. Yeah, really. yeah, that's true. We'll see. But, uh. I don't know. VR's okay. weird. I'm really excited yeah, though, cool. and I think it is truly a game changer. I, uh, I will be a second generation VR. I think customer. I will be too. Um, Almost certainly. Maybe even first if it drops the price significantly, uh, but it probably won't. Uh, I'll still hold. Yeah, off. yeah. I'll hold. Off. But uh, it's. But it's I would cool like though. to get one on my head. Yeah. Yes, definitely. I okay. want to find out where to, where can I fucking try the Valve Lab thing. Yeah. I want to just experience that. It looks fucking cool. Um, okay. Um, this is not that big, but worth mentioning. Um, Final Fantasy Fifteen had this big Twitch event, um, where they d- describe what's in their new Final Fantasy game, and uh, the road trip. They have an empire of media now. They're gonna have an anime, and they're gonna have a CG movie with Aaron Paul from Breaking Bad, Lena Headey from. Game of Thrones and Sean Bean from Game of Thrones, oh. and Thrones What are uh, they thinking? Well, I can't who imagine knows? that. I don't know. I can't imagine. I can't imagine a it world like in which it would be very dumb. They've already tried a Final Fantasy movie and it was a disaster. It was that like what Advent Children? I don't remember. I think it was like early two thousands or late. But it was a CG thing. Uh, the CG looks very good. But that's the thing. It's not like visually interesting. There's no style to it. Are they actually not have like a trailer? Much style to it. They do. Okay. I'll have to, I'll have to look it's at done. that. Yeah, the World of Warcraft movie looks kind of the same thing. It's like, okay, this is impressive technology wise, but what the fuck is the point? This is dumb. Technologically, <laughs> the game itself looks incredible. Yes, definitely. Definitely. Like, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> whoa. I'm gonna play that. I have I haven't played a single Final Fantasy game. Me either. Either I know I almost nothing I played about twenty Final minutes. Fantasy. I played twenty minutes of Final Fantasy one on my cell phone in high school. I know what a I know what a uh chi chikobo chiboko chocobo chocobo. I know what one of those is. But I I know what that is too. But only from Newgrounds <laughs> in the old days. I saw those new ground animations where it's like, uh, I oh God, I still remember the lyrics and the melody. Do you remember no, that, the I Final Fantasy song? Mean. It was Final Fantasy is an RPG, <laughs> the only one that I need. Wow, it's the RPG for me. I remember it. It was on Newgrounds, like and it was very, very popular. Right it was, I think, the most popular video. That was a weird time for the internet. The it really was, and that's another thing. Um, getting off Final Fantasy, going back and watching like anything that was super popular on Newgrounds or Flash Player or any of those sites, they do not hold up. <laughs> no shit. None of it holds up. They don't even hold it up is in all my mind. Fucking terrible. <laughs> like I think back on that shit and I'm like, what the fuck was going on it's it's the in the world? That, like <laughs> at the time, that some things were amazing at the time and it, like still Salad managed fingers. to hold themselves together now. Salad fingers. Salad fingers is still f- like humorous. Yeah. But uh like I don't know. There there was just a lot at that time that was just the best people could do 
and objectively, it wasn't that good. <laughs> well, I mean, it was the forefront of animation being easy to do, and yeah, so you yeah. could have a community of people who were just individuals with no job, probably in high school, making these animations, uh, and that was cool and totally different and weird. Uh, so, I think I think the novelty of it was a lot of the appeal. Oh yeah, yeah. Because uh, the shit that people made was not great. It was not. I remember one little game. I forget what it's called. I think it was like this was before they called games like this blank simulator. So I'm yeah. pretty sure it's not called simulator. But it was basically a uh, a game where you made your own animation. Um, but you didn't actually have to animate it, obviously. You just chose certain things, and then as you practiced, you got better. And you, um, you like, moved from making like, a pivot stick figure animation to, like, a basic frame animation. Yeah. And then eventually you, like, hand-drew your own called quote-unquote groundbreaking animation. Um, the, the example they used was this... I say furry. It's not like furry furry the way you think of it. But it's it was a guy with like a, a fuzzy head and he was like prancing around the forest. But at the time it was like very like uh detailed. Yeah. Um, lots of frames drawn in and right. it was probably like the best that site had to offer at the time. It's just interesting, um, those old old flash things. Uh you go on Newgrounds dot com now though. And basically, none of it holds up. Animation has moved to YouTube in a big way. Right. All right. Even that's dying, really. YouTube. Yeah, yeah. I mean, most most animators, like internet animators, who are keeping up Mm -hmm. with what they do, they've just been posting it to YouTube now. Sure. They they put it on Newgrounds too, probably, but they know that ninety nine percent of their audience is coming from YouTube. Yeah. Because that was, that was the thing. Even Raptor made a video ages ago where it's, Metal Gear Awesome is not on YouTube. You have to go to Newgrounds. And, of course, that didn't last long. Because people <laughs> don't want to go to Newgrounds.com. They just want to watch YouTube videos. Of course. All right. Oh, somebody pointed out. Oh, Bitey of Brackenwood. That's it. Yeah. I got to rewatch it. That probably still does hold up. Anyway. A guy's prancing around in a forest? It's not prancing around. He's on some kind of adventure. There's some weird thing happening. I Is it the, the... There's the one where the unicorn gets his kidney stolen. This was late. This was, like, YouTube era, though. But the unicorn gets his kidney stolen and goes to Candy Mountain. That's Charlie the Unicorn, but holy Charlie, shit. Do you yeah. remember Machinimas? Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. Fucking Red vs. Blue Machinima. was a Machinima. Well, red versus blue is one thing, but I just mean like I mean, the whole yeah, yeah, yeah. breadth a of lot of machinimas. like really garbage stuff. Like yeah. the, the um, what was it called? It was it had no dialogue. Ignis Solus, Ignis Solus. It was a TF2 animation, yeah. machinima thing with like a pyro who was lonely. Yeah, yeah. and uh, it had like its own. It was well made. Like original well music. Yeah, it was cool. It was, like started the whole. Like source filmmaker, all that stuff, like kind of started yeah, there. Yeah, um, yeah that, that's good shit. That was that's that's in terms of machinima, that's like really late late game stuff. I like in my mind, uh, but I don't know. Uh, God, internet. Army yeah. and the chief. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the chief. I never, I never got into that one. Is that machinima? Isn't that like he's playing with like models and stuff? It's like half machinima, I think, and half like action figures. Yeah. Whatever. Okay, we gotta end this podcast. Guys, We've gone off topic enough. Thank you for tuning in. Seriously, thank you for watching Push to wow. Shout. We adore you. We cherish you. Tune in next week. Subscribe if you're not already subscribed. Tell your friends. Namaste. <laughs> Namaste. Good night.